There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Michael Reed on LMFM. Wednesday morning, the 23rd of September. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am. This is Michael Reed on LMFM. As we brace ourselves for a long, hard winter and a second wave of coronavirus, there are many hard decisions to make. The pandemic unemployment payment, PUP payment, is not sustainable. It has to be cut. People may get sick, their children may get sick, jobs will be lost, rents and mortgages will become unaffordable. But we have to be sensible and we have to cut our cloth to suit our measure. The one thing we know is that we are all in this together and we know that already this virus has led to further restrictions in Dublin. The message from government is clear and we know what that is because we know we need to pull together because we are probably the next to go into lockdown. And the same principle applies across the country. We need to get the numbers down uh, and we need to stabilise numbers across the country and that can be done by people adhering to the basic public health guidance and it's important that that happens because ultimately we want to keep our schools open uh, we want to uh, maintain health services uh, and also to keep as many people at work as possible and level three is not equivalent to the lockdown that we would have experienced earlier in this year in that many sectors of the economy are still working. So it's not all bad and indeed not only are people continue to work but jobs are being created. The government has changed its mind as you probably heard yesterday and decided to create 10 jobs. 10 jobs as special advisors to junior ministers. Let's talk about this with Padre Tobin who is a TD for Meath West and founder and leader of the AIN2 party. A very good morning to you Padre Tobin and uh, thanks uh, for joining us on uh, the programme this morning. Uh, perhaps you could uh, explain to us first of all what a special advisor to a Minister of State is? Well, that's a big question too. Um, A special advisor is a person who is employed by a Minister of State, typically, to help them with their work, with regards um, legislation, with regards getting that legislation through um, the Dáil, with uh, regards making sure that the civil service um, comply with the objectives and the policy of of the government. And typically, in years gone by, there was a pool of special advisors for junior ministers. Junior ministers didn't have an individual uh, special advisor for themselves. But what we've seen over the last number of years is the number of junior ministers increase from about 15 now to 18. Uh, and also the, um, the apparition of jun- our super junior ministers who themselves 
sit at uh, cabinets who themselves look for extra money for doing that. Uh, and this year we saw an incredible situation where junior ministers said that the pool of advisors that they had already uh, was not sufficient for them, that they wanted individual advisors for themselves. And as a result, um, the government, first of all, said no back in August, mm. but then changed their mind uh, and decided to announce it yesterday. Now, you'd imagine that this, the, all, with all the advisors that they have, those advisors would have advised them not to uh, announce this on the same day. Because the three leaders have 21 advisors, don't they? Well, this is the incredible situation. So if, if you go through um, the, uh, the, the number of advisors that are there already, um, it's incredibly high. Eamon Ryan has two chiefs of staff. Now, that's an oxymoron in, its, in, it, in, it, in, 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 in terms. How can you have two chiefs of staff? And he has a budget for six further advisors. Between Leo Varadkar and uh, Eamon Ryan and Leo Varad- uh, and sorry, Michal Martin, I understand that they have speci- uh, 17 special advisors. And that's not their full staff. They have a, 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 an extra staff beyond that. And I've worked out that just for those three members of, of Cabinet, it's about 1.7 million in staff costs on an annual basis, um, which is an incredible level. And then each cabinet minister um, and super junior minister can hire two special advisors of their own, which is 30 more special advisors, which will cost a- around 3 million euros. And now, obviously, they're looking to uh, increase the, uh, the pool of advisors for uh, ju- uh, junior ministers from nine uh, to 19, which is uh, an incredible figure. So mm. um, in total, we've estimated that the cost is between 4.6 million euros and 5.52 uh, million euros a year. And as I said earlier, that's not the full extent of their staff. They have many other staff members as well. OK, but there's 18 junior ministers and only 10 advisors. Uh, perhaps they should be employing 18 advisors. Well, first of all... <laughs> has to be understood that the reason why there's 18 junior ministers is a political sop for the coalition. So there's no need for 18 junior ministers. What happens in this country is when political parties negotiate, they negotiate more positions for themselves because they have to give more sweeties around to their own team or their own team will get angry. And as a result, we've seen the number of of junior ministers increase uh, over the last number of years. What really annoys me is when, when a person goes before the electorate in a general election, they tell the electorate that they have thought long and hard about the problems of the country. They've come up with solutions that are tailor-made for those problems. And if they are elected, they will then implement uh, those solutions. But when they do get into government, they say then, well, they can't do this job by themselves. They need a, a full football team worth of uh, uh, special advisors to help them do that job. The truth of the matter is, if you look at some of these special advisors, many of these special advisors are actually focused on um, PR and party development. Some of these special advisors are actually employed directly from the media, um, which is you know, an incredible situation. We've seen journalists leave the Irish Times and the Sunday Business Post uh, at the start of this government to be employed as special advisors for uh, ministers. So they're spin doctors? Spin doctors. So these are not people who are adding uh, to the depth uh, of, you know, um, mm. uh, policy and an understanding of, of an issue. These are people who are very, very good at knowing what's important in, in the media and what's uh, important, the best way to uh, communicate that in the media as well. 
So it's, it's, it's just extremely frustrating. And what it shows is a bureaucracy that's growing, growing and growing and is completely detached from the citizens that they're meant to serve. Because, you know, on the other side of this equation, this is mm. extremely important. And you mentioned in your intro, and, and actually when you were speaking in your intro, it reminded me of that speech that Charlie Hawley gave years ago, where he said that we have to tighten our belts, while at the same time he was buying Charvet shirts uh, in, in mm. Paris. And it's that dichotomy, it's that split between, you know, a detached political establishment and the hundreds of thousands of people who yesterday had their income significantly cut. And the fact that it's coming the same week that thousands of people are losing their jobs in Dublin and having their incomes cut uh, does not make sense whatsoever. These people in the political establishment show, should be showing leadership at this moment in time. They should be showing an ability to, to get their hands uh, dirty, to roll up mm. their sleeves, get stuck well, in. Well, I suppose you could argue they're creating very well-paid jobs, and whilst they might be cutting uh, the €300 Euro payment, uh, these uh, spin doctors are to be paid between uh, 67000 and 79000 or thereabouts. Yeah, and, you know, the, the, um, the, 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 the wages for senior ministers, for some of these uh, spin doctors, can go up to 160000 And there was a story there during the, the, the summer where uh, it has been proved that some of these are actually asking for wages even higher than that €160,000. Um, and, and, you know, the figures are astounding. Like, as of Monday, 209,000 people were claiming the PUP. And those people will have their incomes cut. That's a, that's a big chunk of people. Mm. You know, that's not, we're, we're, sometimes when we hear about the PUP, mm. we expect that there's a small number of people who are forced to live on this. But these are people who were working. But the government has money to burn, doesn't it? I mean, what did you say? A, a million or so for these uh, 10 new jobs. Uh, there's two million already going on, on advisors. Uh, when you add in what was there, I think you said around five or six million altogether. But that's pittance uh, in terms of what the government has to spend. It talks uh, about billions and overspending by about 30 billion this year anyway. Well, sometimes it's easier uh, to understand the small money than the big money. And it is true that when we discuss billions, it it does actually lose the attention uh, of many people. But you are right. Uh, The country is in a phenomenally poor economic situation. Uh, A 30 billion potentially deficit. That means that the, the budget will see an income of 30 billion less than it's expending, than it's actually spending. And a, a situation like that is untenable in the long term. Remember that Ireland already has one of the biggest debts per capita in the planet due to the economic crash that happened 10 years ago and due to the fact that the government and the EU forced us to take on much of the debt of, of the banks. Hmm. So we're not in a good place with regard to debt already. And now this 30 billion euros and potentially 20 billion euros ne- uh, next year will be added on to that. And while the EU is allowing for cheap money at the moment, that may seem fine. But this has to be paid back and it, it will be paid back in future. And also, you know, if we go into a difficult economic situation in five, ten years time, we'll see the interest rates on on the income that are the money that we need to borrow then radically increase because we're carrying this debt. 
I'm a bit confused uh, as well uh, about uh, why junior ministers need special advisors. What is it that junior ministers do? I didn't think that they did that much in terms of needing advice, let alone special advice. Uh, I mean, you talk about legislation, but they wouldn't do much uh, in terms of drawing up legislation on their own, would they? They would work in tandem with the senior minister. So if you've got a, a minister for housing, in other words, you'd also have a junior minister for housing, and it's the senior minister who would really drive that department and the policy that go along with that department and quite often junior ministers uh, officiate on behalf of the government uh, they might uh, appear uh, somewhere because uh, the junior the senior minister or another minister can't be there or take questions in the doll on behalf of a minister who's uh, attending a, another function or something like that uh, but what type of responsibility has a minister of state got that it, it would need the advice of somebody who's paid 70 80000 euro a year well, first of all, you're right, and the senior ministers make the decisions. They're the boss in the department, and all the decisions have to be uh, signed off by the senior minister. Secondly, there are teams of people who draft bills uh, in the government as well. So there are people with the expertise to you know, transpose a policy idea into a, a, a bill. Um, thirdly, you know, there was a time when political parties had activists and you know, people who were involved in the development of policy. And you know, one of the problems that's happening now in a political situation, especially with the establishment parties, is they're losing their grassroots. So they don't have activists and members who are generating um, uh, policy ideas and even bills and sending that up the food chain of those political parties. They're without that, that foundation anymore. And as a result, they're, they're more dependent upon paid advisors uh, to do that. You know, listen, everybody needs advice. There's, there's none of us that can work completely solo uh, in a tunnel uh, without some level of, of out, outside advice on, on what's the best thing to do. What's happening here, though, is that the government are going OTT with, with regard to special advisors, and the cost of it is ridiculous. Uh, and at the same time, they're doing it... But we're talking about people who already have staff, don't they? Absolutely they do. They would have secretaries, they would have people working in their offices, um, they would have uh, people working in their constituency offices... And uh, these are really well-staffed individuals already. And the idea that is that you should be coming, coming mm. to politics with some level of ideological objective. So who are these special advisors? Are these people who would sit down at a typewriter or a computer or whatever it is uh, these days and write up a, a press release and saying uh, that the junior minister welcomes uh, the news uh, that there's going to be a, a new footpath in uh, Navan or that a new school is going to open in Ratoth or, or, or something along those lines? I would imagine that's the, the objective for a, a, a special advisor would be if a junior minister wanted to achieve some level of uh, policy objective that the special advisor would help them to work out what is the best way to achieve that policy objective. Is it a good idea that they pursue that policy objective? So, for example, one of my policy objectives would be for the undergrounding of the North-South interconnector. So a policy, uh, 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 an advisor's job there would be to say, well, the best place to do is to go into this piece of legislation, amend that piece of legislation, uh, and, by the way, this will cost X, Y, and Z, and you'll have to do this, that, and the other with Mm. regards to the current planning. So somebody who would have a technical understanding uh, both the legislation and the policy space in which the minister is operating in. Um, but well, that's, that, that, that's Fianna Fáil policy uh, as well, or at least it was before the election. And Thomas Byrne is one of uh, the 10 junior ministers uh, that uh, will get a special advisor, I think, isn't he? 
Yeah, so, so yeah. in other words, Fianna Fáil uh, have uh, on their website today, if you it, look at it. It, it, see, it seems to be, though, that Fianna Fáil uh, is now saying uh, that uh, they can't stop the North-South interconnector because uh, uh, Sinn Féin agreed to it in the North. Well, well, well first of all, um, Fianna Fáil is in government and Fianna Fáil can make a decision to stop the North-South interconnector. Mm. It's actually on their website. This is a mm, commitment mm, that they made mm. to the people of Meath, Cav and Monaghan and beyond mm. um, before the election. And, and Sinn Féin had nothing to do with the decision in the North, just to say before uh, the calls come to us. Well, mm. it's, it's, it's debatable. The decision mm. was made by an SDLP minister mm. in the North of Ireland, in the executive. Sinn Féin are obviously in the executive mm. uh, as well. My view is that they should have used their influence on the executive in the North of Ireland um, to stop this. Mm. Um, with regards, what, what I'm looking at at the moment is to develop a piece of legislation that would force the undergrounding of the north-south interconnector. And, and I obviously don't have all of these mm. special advisors. We don't have these drafts. Well, you tried to do that before, and uh, it fell flat in its face. Well, we, we tried to do it before, mm. but Fianna Fáil mm. wouldn't support it before. Mm. And this is, this is the, 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 the worst mm. thing about politics. And no wonder people are cynical. Mm. You know, um, I see politicians all the time, and they will it was fin- Sorry, sorry. It's just, just one point. Yeah, that they yeah, will yeah. support mm. every mm. single campaign. Mm. They'll go out to the front gates mm. of the doll, mm. they'll put their arms around people in, on, in, in the campaigns, mm. get photographs taken with the banners and the posters, but when it comes to actually making a decision in their favour mm. in the doll, they find 101 excuses not to do it, and that is exactly Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael's record. Yeah, well, I mean, you talk about changing the jerseys and all of that, I mean, you remember as well as anybody, it was Fianna Fáil who were in government uh, when uh, the North-South Interconnector was first proposed, uh, much of the criticism of Fine Gael, who campaigned to stop it and to underground the project. Fine Gael got into government, uh, and decided to go ahead with uh, the project, although all of uh, the local representatives were completely opposed to it. Uh, and now Fianna Fáil, oh, Fianna Fáil objected completely to it uh, and said that they wouldn't uh, allow it to happen. They had all sorts of motions in the Dáil and the Shannon. And now Fianna Fáil is in government and they're saying it's somebody else's fault and we have to go ahead with it, uh, although the local representatives are completely opposed to it. Yeah, and this is the cynical nature of politics. And, and to be honest, the Save Navin Hospital campaign it has had a similar experience today. Oh, so in yeah, other words, yeah. uh, when, it, when Fine Gael are in government, Fianna Fáil will get behind the campaign. When Fianna Fáil are in government, Fine Gael will get behind yeah. the campaign. And, and to be honest, we need to change that politics. We need to actually have people who stand up for what they believe in and actually see it through to the end. It's, it's I believe, yeah. that cynical type of politics that has this country ruined uh, with regards to housing and health care and, and education. So many people in, in the political class see politics as a game. And it's, it's like Pat Rabbit, you yeah. know, he said, isn't that what you do before elections? You, mm. you, you, make you the tell them what they want, yeah. To get it to mm. elections. And, and to be honest, what we're, ha- what we're seeing is that in, in opposition, parties give mm. maximalist promises to what they're going to do. Many of them that they can't fulfill when they're in government. And then when they're in government, they, they listen to their special Yeah, but there's a, there's, a, there's, a very, there's a very good reason for it, isn't there? Well, it, 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 we're all I stupid. We're, we're, all stu- we're all like goldfish. We all forget what they promised us. Well, there is, like I've always said in, in politics, there's a very short memory, unfortunately. And mm. people don't remember the track record of, of, of uh, politicians, and that goes against us, there's no doubt. All right. Well, we've just a, a couple of calls in so far on this uh, one from somebody who says, why would the government spend so much on advisors to do uh, the job that they're getting paid to do and getting paid well, for that matter? It's a disgrace. Uh, maybe they should uh, pay somebody to advise them on why they're... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Fran says it's time to change that mob in the doll and go to the country. Thanks uh, for that, Fran. Uh, thanks to you as well for joining us uh, this morning with that uh, and uh, for your time for that matter. 
That's uh, Patato Bain, ain't to leader and TD for Mead West. Michael, Michael Reed, Reed on, on LMFM. LMFM. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.